when the nation is going to call on their army, we need to be ready. And that's not the time to go, hey, you know what? I really wish I'd done a couple extra reps of that push-up so I'm stronger when I come off that plane. We have to be ready right now. So when they push the button and say, are you ready to go? The answer is going to be yes. We're going to go. Welcome to AUSA's Army Matters podcast, focusing on what's important to the total Army community. We bring vital Army conversations and interviews on issues relevant to soldiers, military families, and all of you amazing Army supporters. Rotating each week, our show includes Soldier Today, Leading Great Teams, Family Voices, and Thought Leaders. Let's tune into the show. Hello, everyone. I'm Sergeant Major of the Army Retired Dan Gailey, and welcome to this episode of Soldier Today. It's been a decade in the making, but recently, Army Secretary Christine E. Warmuth issued an Army directive outlining a time-phase implementation of the Army's General Physical Fitness Test. Here today is Sergeant Major of the Army Michael Grinson to talk more about the new fitness plans, how it all affects our soldiers across the Army, and also answer some questions about a topic on most people's minds, the Russian attack on Ukraine. SMA, welcome back to the Soldier Today podcast studio. You're always one of our most popular guests, and I'm excited to chat with you again today. Dan, thanks for having me. SMA, I'm pretty sure we've discussed the new fitness plan in almost all of our earlier appearances together. But for those that aren't aware, can you talk and explain how and why the ACFT came about? It feels like I've been talking about this for three years now. Oh, wait, I have. This has been an evolution for many years, not just the last uh, three or four years. We've tried to actually get a new physical fitness test probably for about 20 or 30 years. We've had two failed attempts, so I'm, I'm actually pretty proud that we actually got this one to get it to go through. We've been wanting to change the PT test for for a while now. And what we wanted was, you know, just a fitter army. We wanted a test that evaluated more than one or two components of fitness. We really wanted all 10. And that's kind of where we're at now. And I'm, I'm really excited that uh, we got a new PT test. Sorry, Major. When we first started testing the initial version of the ACFT, we quick realized uh, we had some issues. Can you talk about the initial evaluation phase and how it shaped where we are today? Yeah, we... Uh, we watched this thing evolve the whole time, and and then about a year and a half ago, the National Defense Authorization Act asked us to to kind of look at it and do another independent study. So we had originally the University of Iowa had looked at it, and then Rand looked at it, and they made some recommendations. And based off those recommendations, we landed with uh, this evolution of the test as a general fitness test. What we were trying to do a little bit before was trying to have it be a, a test for combat arms and everybody else, and everybody had different standards. And we said it multiple times. We said we did not want to disadvantage any subgroups or groups within uh, the test. And I think we we landed in a good spot. I'm pleased that uh, with the, the version that we have now. So lots of input into this. We now have an approved time phase implementation plan. So. Can you describe that for our listeners? What does that look like for our soldiers across all three components? It's still the Army Combat Fitness Test is the test of record. And that started on 1 April. And you are required to take a diagnostic PT test uh, version of this test between now and October if you're an active duty soldier. 
And then in one October for active duty and AGR, if you haven't taken a test, uh, you have to take and passed it. You have to take a four record test between uh, October and April of 23. And if you've not passed the test, uh, you can uh, be separated from the Army in uh, April of 23. If I take the test in September and I'm, I'm pleased with that test, we can count that as my four record test starting in October. Meaning, I passed the test, I did great, I scored 600 in September, I don't need to turn around and take another one in October. So, take a diagnostic now, uh, pass it, and if you do not pass it by 1 October and you fail the Army Combat Fitness Test, you will be flagged, and then you will be separated. Our Army National Guard and our Army Reserve just extended that timeline a little bit, so starting in 1 April... Uh, their timelines will begin if you're Compo 2 and 3, 1 April you can be flagged, and then 1 April of 24 you'll be separated. And the reason we give you October to April was we assumed that not everybody would take it uh, right there in October, and some people may need a little bit more time to take the test. That gives everybody six months, so if you can go to the microsite or the website to look at it, look at here's all the details in this uh, because there's a lot of ins and outs of the phases. But those are just some of the highlights of how we're phasing this in over time. The soldiers and, uh, and leaders have been waiting for ACFT for some time, and now it's here. So SMA, just one for our leaders out there, all the new soldiers coming in through basic training, they'll already be tested this year before they come to the unit. Is that correct? Uh, yes. So one, now they're, they're using this test right now. And this is the Army Combat Fitness Test will be the test. And starting 1 October, they have to pass the ACFT in order to move on from basic training or AIT. And there are still the same caveats, but starting in 1 October, if you go to basic training or advanced individual training, the ACFT is required for graduation. SMA, let's move on to another subject. You made the decision to expand the Best Warrior Program into the Best Squad Competition. And we've talked about this briefly in our previous podcast with you. How is this shaping up? Have units embraced the concept? And, and how are the preliminary competitions throughout the Army going? Everybody's really excited about this. You know, Army National Guard is going. The Army Reserve is going. So I think this is really shaping up to, to go well. I mean, everybody's like, Sergeant Major, I just, this is my best squad competitor. And this is, so as I go out, everybody's, you know, highlighting their competitors. I think everybody's excited about it. It's not going to be perfect. You know, with anything you do for the first time, it's not going to be perfect. There's one thing that most people are like, well, we're not doing the best warrior competition. I said, no, that's incorrect. So you're going to have a best squad, uh, and we're going to name the best warrior NCO and soldier of the year. So that's still going to happen. And But I equate this to uh, watching, you know, any professional sports team or a team and say, you've got the most valuable player. That might not be the person that's on the team that wins the championship. So there's still going to be a best squad, and we're going to say who's the best NCO and who's the best soldier. Those competitions are still in there. They're just embedded in the system. And we're going to work out the, the kinks, so I'm really excited to see how this uh, goes this year. We're excited, too, here at AUSA because we get to host you and all those best warriors along with the best NCO and best soldier that's going to come from them at our annual meeting in October. 
We'll hear more from SMA, including a discussion about the ongoing conflict in Ukraine in just a minute. Have you purchased your AUSA swag yet? Be proud to show your support for AUSA, which in turn shows your support for the U.S. Army and our soldiers. Check out all AUSA swag at shop.ausa.org. We're back with SMA Grinston talking about the new fitness plans and other topics. SMA, we've all been watching the tragic events unfold in Ukraine. From your perspective, what effect has this had on our Army? I think originally it rallied the Army. You see a lot of people extremely um, motivated about being in the, in the Army. Um, you, you see soldiers, you know, have a sense of purpose. And uh, I could really say I'm, I'm really proud of all the soldiers in the Army, but a, a lot of units uh, like uh, 1st Brigade, a 3rd ID, an Armored Brigade combat team did a no-notice deployment to go to Europe. And I'm really proud of them, but we also sent the 18th Airborne Corps and the 82nd. This is the first time in my career that I remember that we actually sent the Corps headquarters on a no-notice deployment. And I think everybody remembers that we sent the 82nd to Afghanistan on a no-notice deployment. So this has been, uh, you know, a total Army effort. And I I could also say, from a soldier's perspective, I'm really proud of the Army leadership and and what we've done to make sure that uh, we assured our NATO allies over in Europe. Uh, But from the soldier's perspective, I could say uh, they're extremely proud of what they're doing. I've almost I wouldn't say I've visited all of them, uh, but Latvia, Lithuania, Poland, and in Germany. So we've done a, a couple trips now to visit those troops. Uh, they're motivated. The countries that we're in, they're motivated to have us. They look at us, and, you know, I just see that, you know, hopeful that uh, we're going to stick around and be there, and we are, uh, to assure uh, our allies. But this comes with a little bit of stress on the family. So I don't want anybody to, to ignore that. That brigade and and third ID just came back from Korea, and then a few months later they're over in Europe and talking to the families. We got to make sure that uh, we have all the the resources available to them. Uh, but mostly, this one spouse would really hit with me. She says, "Well, all these resources are great. I just need my husband back home." So we got to make sure we uh, we do fighter management and talent management. So that uh, we don't lose faith with our families because our soldiers are still going really hard. Yeah, we're proud of our soldiers and the families that are back home because we all know um, how hard it is to not only go overseas and fight, but to remain back home and take care of all the business of the day-to-days back in the bases. So, Sergeant Major, there have been extensive reviews about the Russian Army's performance on the front lines since the beginning of this war. What's your take on the performance of the Russian soldiers and the tactics the Russian army has been using? I think, uh, you know, holistically, we'll kind of leave most of that to someone else. I'll just talk about, you know, how I see uh, the difference in my perspective of their army versus our army is is our NCO Corps. And is, in my opinion, clearly the best in the world. And every... Normally, every location I went to, I had people saying, hey, how can I have an NCO Corps like yours? The discipline at the tactical level on with everything, you know, when you fight and how you fight really is the baseline of the non-commissioned officer corps. 
and we are technical expertise in how do you fix the vehicles? How do you sustain a unit? And most people don't realize that small unit tactical sustainment normally was done by the first sergeant. I still remember making sure my soldiers got parts for their vehicles, making sure we got the food, we got parts requested. You know, a vehicle breaking down or you can't get the fuel, you can't get the log- uh, the logistics, uh, you know, and everybody's kind of seeing that from the Russian Army. I can think in our Army that's a, one of those duties and responsibilities to get that all the way forward by our NCOs, and we've done that for years. I yes, I mean, I couldn't agree more, and it has literally been the envy of uh, both our adversaries and our coalition partners all throughout the world, and many of them are working hard to try to achieve what we have done in just a short time. The Ukrainians have demonstrated incredible resolve since the beginning of this war. How is the Army continuing to support the Ukrainian resistance? We've been there, you know, in the background, again, to assure our NATO uh, allies over uh, in those countries in the, the NATO regime. And we've also, we've so we've provided them a lot of equipment. And like I said, you can see most of that. We started off with uh, the latest was uh, the howitzers and some ammunition. So we continue to provide the assistance that uh, our leadership believes is appropriate as we go forward. But we've also seen some training. So my, one of my favorite questions somebody asked me this weekend was, well, did you give them house or did you train them on them? It's like, yes. But they, you know, the Ukrainians are, uh, they're good fighters. Uh, and they know artillery. They know how to fight. But we've kind of expanded our mission uh, to uh, do some um, training also based off of what uh, we were being directed to do. But now uh, we're expanding that mission. Our Army is always looking to improve the foxhole. What's next for our Army? What are we going to see in the future? I think the future is almost like what we've seen the last couple of years is we don't know. (laughs) So uh, that's as easy as I can say it. Maybe that's been the last 35 years since I've been in the Army. But um, I can just say that as a military, not just even the Army, as a military, we have to remain adaptable and flexible and, and, and just look at what we've done in the last couple of years. We've had COVID. We've had civil unrest. Uh, we've had uh, the capital response. We had to go back to Afghanistan. We had to leave Afghanistan, go back to Afghanistan, and then uh, let's send troops to the Ukraine. So I think that's the environment that we're in in the future. When the nation is going to call on their army, we need to be ready. And that's not the time to go, hey, you know what? I really wish I'd done a couple extra reps of that push-up so I'm stronger when I come off that plane. We have to be ready right now. So when they push the button and say, are you ready to go? The answer is going to be yes. We're going to go. Whatever fitness you're at and the lethality you're at, that's what we're going to go with. And we're going to be ready. And that takes all the leaders in the military. It takes all the leaders in the Army. And, again, relies on our NCO Corps. Teach those basic tasks. Be physically fit. Be highly trained, disciplined, and fit. If you've got a cohesive team that is highly trained, disciplined, and fit, you can deploy them anywhere in the world. Yes, I mean, I agree. Kent couldn't have said it better. You need uh, highly trained, physically fit, motivated soldiers, and the Army will be okay. Talking about people, as the Army continues to put people first, are there any new policies or programs that, that are helping you do that? Actually, I'll just lead off with what I just kind of ended with, the lethality. 
really trying to bring the uh, expert soldier badges in all alignment. We have, we've already got the expert soldier badge. We did that about three years ago. We got expert entry badge. We got uh, expert field medical badge. Um, and we already coined it E3B. Um, but how do we get more of those? And that policy to keep them in line uh, is one of the things. So when people think people first, they don't really put lethality in that, and I'm not sure why. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, we're in the Army, and when I think of people, I think, uh, you know, soldiers, I think lethal soldiers. So that's just one of the policies that we're looking at. Um, we've already just rolled out, you know, the parenthood policy, which is a really good to make sure that we have time uh, to take care of our families. And, and then lastly, I go right back to lethality. Uh, we're looking at how do we maybe extend the basic leader course and take them out, put back in, land nav, take them back out to the field. Uh, some of those things we removed and how we put those things back in. So I'd ask everybody, if you want to see the full gambit as you come to AUSA in October, and I usually lay out the whole list of things we're working on for the whole year. Well, thanks for that plug, SMA, too. That's in, He's correct. Uh, SMA does his initiatives brief along with a, a lot of other events here at our annual meeting, and we look forward to hearing all the great things that SMA has in store for our soldiers and our Army for the next year and beyond. Sergeant Major, before we go, I'd like you to give you the air um, for any last messages you have for our listeners. I would just say as we close this one out, uh, you know, I'm extremely proud of our soldiers, our families, our DA civilians. Uh, It's just incredible with everything that uh, we get thrown uh, to do uh, to our military. The Army has been at the forefront of that. And, you know, just look at uh, Europe in the last uh, two to three months. And most uh, armies can't just take, you know, 40,000 soldiers and send them overseas and then support them that quickly. Uh, So I'm extremely proud of our Army, and I couldn't be more proud of all those that support their soldiers and their families. Thank you. SMA, thanks for your time today, and uh, thanks from all our listeners out there for updating us on all the Army's current issues. Dan, thanks for having me, and uh, I look forward to our next discussion. Our time has come to an end to close this edition of Soldier Today. All of us here at the Association of the United States Army I want to thank Sergeant Major Grinston for joining us today for this great update and the many ongoing initiatives he's spearheading across our Army. As a soldier for life, I can say from all of us across the country, thank you for your incredible service and all you continue to do for our Army and our soldiers. Join us again next week in the studio for another great podcast. To all our listeners, thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Army Matters Podcast on iTunes and everywhere podcasts are found. The Army Matters Podcast series is brought to you by the Association of the United States Army, the U.S. Army's professional association, member-supported, Army-connected. Visit us at AUSA.org for more information or to become a member. Your membership helps AUSA continue to carry out its mission to educate, inform, and connect with the total Army, our industry partners, and our supporters of a strong national defense. For questions or to provide topic recommendations, email us at podcast at AUSA.org. Have a great Army day. Hua.